This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Tonic, heard Saturday afternoons at 1 on Zoomer Radio. The following is a sponsored program. Zoomer Radio and MZ Media Incorporated do not endorse any of the statements or opinions made by the contributors. To put our thoughts and considerations to the needs of others around us and maybe understand their angle simply by listening. Less talking, more listening. I give myself three minutes to actually really listen without thinking of a clever comeback. It's hard at first, but it becomes very easy. You just kind of really listen to what that person's saying. And if you can understand their point of view, nine out of 10 times you have compassion. Welcome to The Tonic. I'm your host, Jamie Busson, and we're here to talk about your health and wellness-related issues. On today's show, we're going to discuss how to naturally prevent and treat headaches. Then we're going to learn about the connection between yoga and change. And lastly, we're going to discuss the pros and cons of cleansing. But first, a little bit of business. Today's sponsor is Purely Natural. This family-owned Canadian company of fourth-generation master herbalists has been in business for over 100 years. They've been working with Tonic Magazine for over 10 years, and in particular, writing for Tonic, heading up our preventative medicine column for over seven years. Purely Natural is also one of the original sponsors for the OMTO Yoga Festival. Their products are certified GMP, kosher, and organic. I use Purely Natural products, and I think they're terrific. Joel Thuna is a master herbalist and general manager of Purely Natural. He strives to improve the quality and natural products on the market and passes along his knowledge of herbal remedies through lectures and articles. Joel's an entertaining and accessible writer, and today we're going to discuss his latest article in the April issue of Tonic Magazine, all about the prevention and natural care of headaches. Joel, welcome again to The Tonic. It is always my pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. First off, in your article, you distinguish between the nature of headaches. Yes, and you describe them as a primary headache and a secondary headache. So yep. let's start at the top. What is a primary headache and how do we get them? Okay. Well, primary headaches are the most common form of headache. They account for over 90% of them. And they're the one type of headache that virtually everyone experiences and at some point in their lives, some more frequently than others, but everyone gets them. Women tend to have them more than men for some reason mainly due to hormones and the changes throughout the cycle and the, and the hormone levels changing as they age. But men get them too, children get them, everyone gets them. Primary headaches are, for the most part, just an annoyance. Right. They really are. They're just pain in your head that bugs you. They're not a showcase of anything more serious. They're just annoying. They fall into three main types. Stress or tension type, migraine, or cluster types. Now... These headaches are usually triggered by something to do with your lifestyle, be it sleeping, either too much or not enough, right. drinking, again, too much, skipping meals, eating too much processed foods, emotional stress related to usually family, friends, or work, Yes. neck or back strain caused by bad posture, eye strain, that's one I'm susceptible to, and certain medications, and for women, also ovulation. These headaches can also be triggered by environmental factors, those being secondhand smoke, strong smells, right. uh, like when you walk by a perfume counter somewhere, yep. exposure to allergens, 
and weather changes. Those are the the primary headaches, and you're right, all of us have had them. Secondary headaches are, are connected to, to other medical issues, right? Yeah, secondary headaches are the more serious kind. Th- right. th- those are the ones that you hope to never get or hope to not know anyone who gets them. Right. They're ones that are caused by an underlying medical condition. Normally, it's either infections in the head and neck, those being, and I always mispronounce this, pharyngitis, sinusitis, or meningitis, Overuse of pain medication, that's a big one. Wow. Or head injuries. Yeah. That, of course, is serious. Right, of course. Of course, serious. There are some other causes of secondary headaches that are stroke, carbon monoxide poisoning, concussion, dehydration, severe dental issues, ear infections, particularly in the middle ear, and high blood pressure. Essentially, all the things that you don't want to happen. Of course. In the article, you list a number of natural remedies. And before we get into the details of that, I wanted to ask you, when we're dealing with natural remedies for headaches, are we discussing primary headaches or secondary headaches or or both? We're always talking primary headaches. Secondary headaches are serious underlying medical issues causing them. Seek medical treatment. Okay. Always. I wanted to clarify that. Oh, yeah. Very important. Whenever there's something serious, seek medical attention, don't self-diagnose and don't self-treat. You could just make things worse. Okay. Let's switch over to the primary headaches. And you list a number of herbs that you're familiar with that can help us treat it. So why don't you tell the listeners a bit about that? Okay. Well, the first ones are the easiest to use, which are essential oils. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say to use essential oils Number one is, A, they can sometimes provide very quick relief. Secondly, there's no negative to using them. And they smell great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They really do. For sure. The four we've picked out are peppermint, lavender, rosemary, and eucalyptus. And the simplest way to use any, or you can even use them in combination. Right. A very popular one, for example, is the lavender and peppermint together. Very popular to use together. Essentially, what you do is you take the oil, a couple drops of your chosen oil, put it on the tip of your finger, one or two fingers, and you massage it, and I'm actually doing it to show you You this. You are. You actually massage it directly into the area of, if it's a tension headache, say, for example, at the base of your neck, you would massage it in there, also in the temples, across the forehead, and you should see some relief. It's not immediate that you're going to get in and say, oh, I'm perfect. But you should see some degree of relief. Right away. Right away. Okay. All right. So that's the immediate relief. What else would you recommend? Well, what you can also do is use some herbs cautiously, knowing that some are designed specifically for prevention. Others are designed to actually resolve. Let's, let's talk about prevention first. Okay. So for prevention, you've got feverfew and butterbur are two of the big herbs. Both of them have clinical evidence showing that taking them will prevent and long-term will also reduce the frequency. So with those two herbs, do you take them all the time or when you get into seasons or perhaps times when you're going to have headaches? If you know that you're prone to it at certain times, be it around exam time right. or you you know you're going to be around something that causes them, then you would do it. But if it's something whereby you just have no idea, it just happens. They're both safe. You can take on a regular basis. Okay. There's no issues with that. Okay. And then those herbs that resolve headaches. 
Well, before we go to Resolve, sure. you've also got other things that aren't herbs per se. You've got 5-HTP, which is a precursor to tryptophan. Okay. It's an amino acid. Yep. Another one is magnesium mm-hmm. and uh, riboflavin. Those will also help, but they're all, they're more long-term. Gotcha. You're not going to sit there and take them for a week and have results. You're going to be taking them for months. Gotcha. For reductions. Then you, you move into more lifestyle. Okay. As opposed to herbal, you move into more lifestyle, which is acupressure and the hands-on approach, whereby you have massage, chiropractic, etc. Those are active things you do and to help with it. I find if I get a pressure headache, if I massage the gap between my thumb and forefinger on the opposite hand, so if it's a left side headache, if I massage my right hand, I can sometimes relieve the headache tension. So that's a combination of massage and acupressure. Correct. Hey, good going. Good going. like that. Then you move into things where you can do prevention through your active lifestyle choices. Those being meditation, cognitive behavior, biofeedback, massage again, yes, and relaxation training, and your favorite, yoga. Yoga. Those all help. Fantastic. All right, so we have time for one more question, and I alluded to it before. Were there any other herbs that you would recommend or herbal treatment other than the essential oils if you have a headache? Well, anything that can help you calm, relax, and handle the stress. Those would be things like your Siberian ginseng, your chamomile, tea, things like that. And even just having tea and doing tea and relaxing, making tea, sitting down, spending some time and enjoying it will actually help in the long run. Fantastic. Thank you for coming on the show today. Always my pleasure. We've got to take a short break, but when we return, we're going to learn about yoga and change on The Tonic. The Benvenuto Group is an owner and developer of quality high-rise condominium and rental properties in Toronto and Montreal. The Benvenuto team is passionate about delivering quality living spaces, top lifestyle amenities, important services, and innovative design tailored specifically to its residents in every particular submarket. The Benvenuto Group seeks out the finest urban neighborhoods and designs projects to allow its residents to enjoy the benefits of both their property and the exceptional locations that they become a part of. The team surrounds itself with leading professionals and consultants and pushes them to conceive great places to live, to work, and to play. The Benvenuto Group is currently designing several new projects in Toronto, Montreal, and Chicago that will not only become exceptional places to live as an owner or as a renter, but that will deliver some of the highest levels of sustainability, energy efficiency, and comfort, and will set the standard for informed residents. For more information, please visit thebenvenuto.com. Hi, this is Jamie Busson. I'm not only the host of The Tonic, I'm also the host of OMTO, Toronto's best free outdoor yoga festival. Imagine taking as many as nine free yoga classes in the beautiful distillery district with hundreds of people just like you. All you need to do is bring your yoga mat and your good intentions. Please join us at the distillery district on Sunday, June 24th. For more information, please visit omto.ca. See you there. This is The Tonic on Zoomer Radio. My next guest, Jody Fishstein, is a mixed lineage yoga teacher, loving the many aspects of Ashtanga, Prana, Flow, Vinyasa, and Yin Yoga. She has Thai yoga massage training and is currently immersed in the MBSR protocols at University of Toronto. Being a mother of four opened the gates to empathy. With the practice of deep listening, she's able to better understand her yoga community. 
I know Jody is a dynamic yoga instructor who writes cerebral articles for Tonic Magazine. Her latest is about yoga and change. Welcome back to the Tonic. Hi, Jamie. Thanks for having me. Always fun to have you on. So in the article that you wrote, you wrote how yoga encourages us to see dimensions in ourself. What did you mean by that? I think this is something that I discovered a few years into my practice, what we often call self-inquiry. It means kind of, it does include meditation, uh, sitting with oneself and recognizing in the physical practice where we make gains, where we're strong, and also recognizing where we have challenges and acknowledging them. And then to go a little bit deeper, I would say with your eyes closed, there's this moment of that self-inquiry where we we kind of look at ourselves and where we could take more ownership for our behaviors, our actions, and and kind of look at the way we engage with others and if there's a more peaceful path. So it's, a, it's an introspection where you give yourself the time and the space to sort of look within, which, you know, these days maybe we don't have those opportunities so often. Well, yeah, I think it comes with maturity, of course, me getting older and understanding the world around me a little bit better, but it's also shedding old ideas and beliefs, things that perhaps I grew up with in my community, which to be quite frank was, you know, in New York, it's dog-eat-dog world. It's an eye for an eye. It's always a debate. Who wins the debate? And I realized that I wasn't really winning anything, always winning a debate or having a, a bulleted list of why I'm right. But at the end, I lose because I've lost the trust and the compassion in that relationship. So I may have won the argument, and then I realized I won nothing because I actually love that person, and why do I need to win? Right. Confrontation as a sort of rote erodes at the relationships that you have, right? Well, I think we go on that path because it serves our ego. You know, we feel good when we win a debate or an argument. But really, oh, yes. <laughs> and we, right? So yeah, we no, feel, for sure. We feel empowered, but it's such a short-term thing because we still love that person that's why we passionately argue with them. And then we, we, we ultimately break communication. You know, I was a commercial litigator for 19 years before I started the magazine. And what I found, one of the things that was distressing to me was that all my interactions became a pitched battle. Like I was, I saw everybody as an adversary, every single issue, you know, as a good lawyer, you're not convinced you're right. You have to learn how to see the other person's point of view to effectively advocate. But I found that the confrontational style permeated every single relationship I had, which is ultimately unhealthy. Yeah. And you sort of write about how yoga emphasizes interconnectedness. And I think, is that what you mean? Well, I think, you know, there's this, again, you're saying adversarial, it's us against them, or, you know, it's very egocentric, and we're very focused on what we need and how, how we feel, but really to put our thoughts and considerations to the, the needs and of others around us, and maybe understand their angle simply by listening. I found that for me, less talking, more listening, I can understand their point of view. I give myself three minutes to actually really listen without thinking of a clever comeback. Because too, I can't do that. <laughs> in a debate, we often intellectually we're already thinking of what we're going to say. For sure. So what happens is, is we miss the communication. We really don't understand that person that we're speaking to. So I think it's hard at first, but it becomes very easy. You just kind of really listen to what that person's saying, and if you can understand their point of view, nine out of ten times you have compassion. I tend to focus on mitigating my aggressive behavior 
through the, the more of the mindfulness practices, and I, and I have to say, this is not a regular practice for me, but but that's my focus when I do do it. What changes did you see in yourself w- when you sort of interject these processes? Well, I think with mindfulness, it forced me to notice where I was resisting. For me, mindfulness helped me with acknowledging and taking responsibility for my own behavior instead of blaming others, which sometimes feels like victimology. Really looking at myself and how I I helped formulate whatever conflict resolution was happening. I was part of the the equation and recognizing and taking ownership with integrity and compassion. I mean, you have mindfulness, which is what I studied at U of T, but really what you can extract as well, which is being discussed on the um, empirical front is compassion, right? And to practice compassion and and keep social connectivity. Because as you said, we can always be right in an argument, but we're, we're pretty much alone and we lose some of those social skills. And the connectivity leads to um, an overall wellness, better recovery for health, for injuries, better strategies in your relationships, personal relationships, work relationships. I find that when I was listening more, my personal relationships, some that were fractured, were healed. My marriage was strengthened, and I couldn't deny that. A big part of it was my behavior adaptation, listening more. Right. And, And so now what we're talking about, you know, mindfulness... Uh, is inward looking, but you're looking outward now, right? I mean, what you're talking about is is taking your mindfulness and extrapolating it to the world around you, right? Right, and to acknowledge that I'm also human and I make a million mistakes. So what I'm trying to say is, is that I'm trying to do the best I can, the best that I can be for my family, for my community, for my coworkers, and that I also want to take responsibility for the many mistakes I'll continue to make along the way. Great, we have time for one more question. And maybe, you know, for listeners, we're talking about abstract things, but maybe you can describe how yoga, how the process worked for you and how you changed. I fell in love with yoga on a physical plane. Right. It was completely physical for me and I received feedback that uh, was empowering. I found it fun. I was very strong. It's just something I really enjoyed. I was seduced in physically. But then after I achieved some of those goals in my physical practice, I started to scratch the surface and look a little bit deeper. And into is breathing actually, uh, mindful breathing helpful with clearing out, you know, issues in your head or ruminating. And I was doubtful and I resisted meditation. But when I finally opened myself to it, I found that indeed it did help me. Fantastic. Well, thank you for coming in today. Thank you, Jamie. We'll have you back soon. Uh, We have to take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to learn about the pros and cons of cleansing on the tonic. I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsor, Purica. Purica wants you to turn its protein into your power. A blend of the finest vegan protein and the antioxidant powerhouse that is the pure chaga mushrooms. Purica Power features ingredients and enzymes designed to optimize digestion and absorption. Unlike many protein powders, Purica Power tastes great with water and mixes easily. It's available in chocolate, vanilla, and natural unflavored. From the Purica family to yours, Purica Power is a new way to make the most of every day. It's all part of the Purica commitment to making a positive difference in the lifestyle of its customers. Ask your favorite health food store for Purica Power Vegan Protein or visit Purica.com. Purica, nature, science, you. I'd like to give a shout out to our new sponsor, Omega Alpha. This company is 100% Canadian owned. 
Their team consists of allopathic and naturopathic doctors, nutritionists, researchers, and other scientific professionals, all led by their CEO, Dr. Gordon Chang. Formulations are created on their 40,000 square foot facility located in Toronto. Omega Alpha uses only the highest quality ingredients to manufacture the most efficacious yet price-friendly nutraceuticals. For more information about Omega Alpha, visit OmegaAlphaInc.com. You're listening to The Tonic on Zoomer Radio. My next guest, Charlene Day, is a lifestyle and leadership coach, women's holistic health expert, author, and speaker. Her expertise in the areas of wellness, lifestyle counseling, and holistic health is the result of more than 45 years of study and practice. She's a master practitioner in neurolinguistic programming, a registered nutritional consultant, and has a Bachelor of Spiritual Science. She also holds a diploma in social work. She's an international best-selling author on numerous health and wellness-related issues. But today, she's here to discuss the pros and cons of cleansing. Charlene, welcome to The Tonic. Wonderful to be here. So let's start at the very beginning. For those who don't know, what is a cleanse and what does it do? Well, a cleanse is a way to give your body a break. And basically, we have this toxic load that comes from preservatives and pesticides, insecticides, herbicides, chemicals, heavy metals, you know, all the pollution, whether it's from the air, you know, secondhand smoke even, we're bombarded and our bodies get this buildup of a toxic load and it's really important to actually cleanse it. Like we we think about cleansing, uh, not even cleansing, but changing our filters in our furnaces and our cars and we need to start thinking that way with our bodies. So it's a filter change. So the cleanse is meant to rid our bodies of these toxins. Isn't that it in essence? Yes, yes, it's important to It basically gives the body permission to dissolve and eliminate the toxins and the congestion that's formed, especially over the winter, (laughs) uh, where where we're eating, you know, not we're eating more comfort foods to keep warm. And so in the spring, it's really important to let that go. Right. And springtime is a very popular time for cleansing, is it not? It is, because when we look at uh, the oriental medicine, especially the five element perspective of things, we actually see that the liver energy is really dominant in the spring. And you even just have to look out at nature and see all the different plants that come up in the spring. And they all have detoxifying elements to them. And so when we're in touch with the seasons and really get in touch with our body, the spring is a wonderful time to do a spring cleanse. Excellent. So cleanses, are they for everyone? Should everyone be doing cleansing? Well, probably not. (laughs) There's so many different kinds of cleanses, first of all. There's something called the master cleanse. There's a liver gallbladder cleanse, a kidney cleanse, candida cleanse. Oh, so there's no general cleanse. They're specific. Yeah, they're very specific. Like you can do a detox cleanse. A mono cleanse is something where somebody just takes one food, and that's like, let's say, apples, and that's they just do an apple all day, like apples, apples, apples all day. That's called a mono cleanse. Everybody needs to look at what is the right time for them, whether they are on a whole lot of drugs, then they're going to need to talk to a practitioner about whether they can even do a cleanse. Right. You can't just dive right in. So like if you have pre-existing health issues, you should absolutely speak with a health practitioner before you endeavor one of these, particularly if you're doing it on your own, correct? Absolutely. Yes. Very, very important because people can get into a little challenge if they try to do things on their own. And part 
part of it is because a cleanse actually needs prep time. Yep. Uh, we actually need a good six weeks of eating healthy before we even decide to do a cleanse. And eating healthy means really gravitating more towards fruits and vegetables and less of the animal products and, of course, no junk food. (laughs) Right. So it would be very important to have that prep time. And then for after coming off the cleanse, it's also very important how you come off as well. What do you mean by that? Well, I'll tell you a story of myself. (laughs) I was on a cleanse years ago and no one was guiding me like I now guide others. <laughs> right. And uh, I happened to eat an egg after a cleanse. And the cleanse had been for me seven days. Mm-hmm. And so I'd been, you know, fairly good at, at, at just doing alkaline foods. And all of a sudden I put this egg into my body. Well, my body went into spasms of pain because it was too fast too soon. And so uh, you have to be very, very careful when you come off of a cleanse that you also do it very gently with lots of fruits and vegetables and very slowly get the other foods back into your diet. Yeah, so, so I want to interject here. So when we're talking about cleanse, for somebody who's never done it before, basically you're restricting your intake to the point where, you know, like for example, juice cleanse is an example, where all you'll be taking uh, and ingesting is, is juice. So other than you've mentioned time and you've mentioned easing in and easing out, what other sort of commitments do you need to do in order to to cleanse? Well, everybody needs to choose which length of time they're going to do Correct. the cleanse because one day, it can, you can actually cleanse for one day, and that's actually, I think even places like the Bible will tell you to cleanse for one day a week. And so that's something that you can choose to do, and that can be done anytime, not just the spring. Right. And then a seven-day cleanse uh, is another version of a cleanse. That's a really good time now. It's springtime to do a seven-day one. But there's also three-day cleanses as well. And then on the far reaches of people that are really into health, uh, you might get a 30-day cleanse, but that you really need to know what you're doing there. <laughs> that That's a level of commitment that I'm not sure I'm ready for. Exactly. Yeah. So that's not something I'm going to recommend, actually. It's, it's more the three-day and the seven-day cleanses that I recommend. Okay. We have time for one more question. From your perspective and experience, for our listeners, can you tell us what the, the best and the worst part of cleansing is? Well... I guess the worst part would be if sometimes when you have a toxic uh, load, then you're going to experience weakness or fatigue or irritability, dizziness even, or faintness or headaches are big when you're releasing toxins. Mm-hmm. And so that's the not so good part about about cleansing. Right. But the good part about cleansing is that you're going to feel so much more energy. You're going to have your skin look amazing. Uh, You're going to uh, maybe release a little bit of weight. Uh, Your energy is going to come back. Your hormones are going to be balanced. Your digestion is probably going to be improved. Your adrenals are going to get a much needed break. (laughs) And cravings that you've had will probably disappear as well. And you start to feel wonderful. Fantastic. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for coming in. Okay, you're welcome. And thank you all for listening to The Tonic. You can download this episode as a podcast on iTunes and thetonic.ca. Please join us next week on The Tonic when we discuss your heart health, the best Mother's Day brunch recipes, and training to run as opposed to running to train. Until then, this is Jamie Busson wishing you a healthy and happy week. 
Please consult a healthcare professional before starting any diet, exercise, supplementation, or medication program. This has been a paid announcement. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.